0: Welcome in, Kiora, to a, another episode of the Podfathers, a Slam Diego Padres podcast. Coming to you live on the hot mic on this, what was it, a Wednesday night? Our usual Wednesday nights from a couple months ago. We're back on track. Unfortunately, the Padres are not. We got Los and Walls on the call here tonight. Los, it's been a while. How you doing? How you doing, my friend? What is... Uh people, it's been a
1: while. It's good to be back. Boys are back. Uh boys are thriving and by boys I mean me and walls. Wouldn't say the pods are thriving. It's been uh it's been a long time. Obviously been keeping up with the pods, been busy as hell. Then uh since the last time I've been on changed locations. Been gone basically every weekend, been crazy busy with work, uh, had COVID, battling, as our boy uh, Trace Jingler would say, coming soon. Um, Yeah, it's been a hectic couple of months, going to be gone again this weekend, going to Palm Springs, play a little golf, haven't really played around in like nine months. So thank God it's a really? scramble. Yeah, it's. Bro, it's been hectic. I'm telling you, I haven't played swings looking terrible. Went to the range this weekend for the first time in a while, not ideal, but luckily it's a scramble. So I'm going to be the kid that doesn't do anything for the just class project, but gets an a and just takes all the credit. And in this sense, I'm going to be drinking beer in the background. Yeah. So. Yeah. I jumped um,
0: in a little early right there. I, didn't realize you were making the classroom. (laughs) I was
1: making an analogy way to ruin it, but, um, no, it'll, it'll be fun. I'll be, I'll definitely get the boys hyped up. You know, I'm a good, uh, I'm a team guy. I'm a chemistry guy. I'm a glue guy. So, uh, I will for sure keep them riled up, keep the beers flowing. I'll be handing them out, you know, slapping butts, wiping down clubs. I'll be that kind of guy this weekend, but um, other than that, good, busy, ready to talk pods, I guess. Kind of pressing. Didn't have the best day at work today. So already a little pissed off. And I'm probably gonna blow some steam in this next <laughs> 45
0: minutes to an hour. We'll see. What about you, Walsey? Give us the update. I'm I'm just like the I didn't even know that you haven't played around in nine months. That like everyone that's listening, the fact that Los hasn't played in nine months, that's the reason why he hasn't been on the pod in the last like few weeks because <laughs> That's crazy. That's like that's I, okay. I, stress
1: I was in Scottsdale time. and I played around there. But other than that, it's been nine months and I don't want it to come off like I play a lot of golf because if you saw me play, it would be really ugly. And Walls has seen me and I'm like, I'm still at that rock bottom that he saw me at that one day. My swing is just my yeah, mind since then pretzel in a pretzel.
0: Well, you know, it happens, it happens. But um, yeah, for me, I mean, yeah, like you said, both of us have been thriving, um, which is cool. Cool to, to experience. Uh, same move locations. Finally. I think I p- provided an update on the last episode with that. He's officially East <laughs> San Diego's finest, actually. Gosh, this is, keeps getting me those little digs. Um, Knock me <laughs> off track. Uh, But yeah, no, we got um, becoming a financial advisor officially uh, on Friday. So when you guys listen to this, it might have already happened. But October 1st, 2021, new era coming to you soon. So if anyone needs help with your finances, I got you. But uh, that was officially not a solicitation, just a, you know, hey, hey. But basically, if you're (laughs) trying to make money,
1: you're going to hit up walls from now on
0: there you go (laughs) see you are the side guy you're the glue (laughs) see i'm the hype guy i'm i'm all hype over here he just handed me a beer through zoom guys it's pretty impressive That's that's how good he is at his job but yeah no we're doing doing well um nothing else to to really go over other than we got the pods unfortunately
1: and i mean shout out to lombardo yeah crushed it last episode Hold us over. Definitely will be back. Um, Did a great job. Yeah. And I I mean, I miss being back on. I know we live those uh, really busy lives. Just turned 27. Feel old as hell. Happy belated. Appreciate it. No one wished me a happy birthday. Um, So I'm just kidding. Walls got me. We're good. That's all that matters. But getting old, you know, busy. Not starting families yet, thank God, but um, still busy. Thank God. Professional lives and um, good to be back on the pod. So let's talk some pods, huh? Uh, Let's get into the stats. A little rusty here, if you can't tell. Rambling a little, but we'll get to the stats. (laughs) Team record, 78 and 779 uh typo on our ledger but it feels like we're 78 and 779 the way we've been playing since the all-star Game slash trade deadline that's so fitting but uh third in the nl west we're 25 games back and one in nine in the last 10 and the way the game's going today walls can't stop laughing so it's making me laugh but the way the game's going today We're going to be 78 and 780 after the game. And it's all said and done. It's uh, the first time I saw that record or the fact that we were under 500 a couple of days ago. It blew my mind. Blew my mind. I can't believe. Obviously, I've been following. I haven't really been. Sta- I've been wild card watching because we still had a chance at the playoffs until recently but I wasn't standing in lS standings watching in particular and uh it blew my mind that we really went from what was it 18 games above 500 at like 117 17, play, 17 yeah. to below 500 like it, it, yeah, i I did not think that it was even gonna be possible this season so Really unfortunate there to be 700 games below 500. But, um, as far as individual hitting leaders go, Tatis, 41, pretty cool. Honestly, maybe the saving grace of anything over the last couple of weeks to see him eclipse the 40 mark, 40-20 Definitely. season. Um, don't mean to skip ahead, but stolen bases, 25, leads the team. So, 40-20 season for him at the age of 22 is incredible. Uh, Machado leads the team in RBIs. He he crossed that 100 mark. He's at 101 as we speak. Uh, Tatis with 98 runs. Frazier at 172 hits on the season. Uh, average Frazier at 307. OPS, Tatis at 978, and then on-base percentage, Frazier leads the team with the 370.
0: I'm having a tough time keeping it together. We are rusty. I just th- – that got me because for those of you that don't know, we set up like a quick agenda. Lowe's crushed it. He filled out pretty much the entire thing today. I reviewed did it, didn't it. see the uh, the team record. And like right after you said, sorry, we're a little bit rusty – Team record, 78 and 779. Like, I don't know. That just, that got me, but um, I am back professional as ever. A little bit of commentary on that. I'm a sucker for reaching little milestones, like very even numbers. Like the fact that Machado's at 101 RBIs, he crossed that hundred mark. Like you said, I love that. Tati's going over 40. I love that. Like Stolen bases, even at 25, like that's solid, like a 40, 25 season is incredibly impressive at age 22, like you said, yeah. with a bum shoulder. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if Tatis get two more runs to get hundred, then that'd be sweet. As for the pitching to kind of continue off that strikeouts, you and Joe are stuck at one ninety nine. Uh Jace Tingler said that you is not making another start. I'm not so sure about Joe Musgrove. I'd have to double check on that, but that would be something that I would love to see them eclipse that 200 mark. I guarantee you there's a performance bonus in there as well if they do hit that. It's in a lot of contracts like that too, so I'm sure that they're probably pushing for it. ERA, uh, Musgrove leaves the team with a 3-2-2 ERA on the season. Melanson with saves with 38 out of 44 and whip Musgrove with a 109. So clearly... Joe really took that uh, bell cow number one seriously and put the team on his back at times. In you know, especially the second half of the year and it's cool to see him leading those categories, but a bit of a bummer that there wasn't more competition um, because if we really break down that list, then there's a lot of uh, areas where he's not even uh, other starters in the rotation aren't even close to that. So uh, good to see Joe, Joe doing well. And hopefully we can see that again in
1: 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where do you even begin with the pitching? Well, uh, I don't even want to start right now because we're going to touch on it in a bit, but it's yeah. great to see at least Joe doing his thing a little on and off uh to end the year, but he's been kind of like the shining light in the rotation. and um Hopefully see a little bit more of that coming up. Fun fact about Joe. He's been absolutely crushing the last couple of games. Pitching aside, pitching stats aside, he's, I think, four for nine. In his last couple of games. Um, So that's great to see. He actually hit a tank off our buddy, Brandon Hunter, in high school. Took him deep to dead center. Fun fact right there. So guy can hit. Guy can hit. Yeah, B-Hunt, the boy. Need a haircut. Great haircut, that guy. But um, let's talk about where we are, Wallsie. Let's get into a little bit of a depressing, I guess, talk. Somber mood. Very somber. I just can't believe uh, we are where we are at the end of the day. When you think about this season, when you look back at the one that does it for me is the Joe Musgrove no-hitter, like yes. one that seems like it was 5 years away at this it point does. or 5 years ago. Um but going from the high of that night thinking this is this is going to be a special year. You know, this is going to be the one things are going to happen to where we are now. Playoff chances as of 9 29 2021 zero percent again reiterating under 500 after being 17 18 games above 500 absolutely pathetic my dad don't know if he still listens to the pod hope he doesn't because i'm (laughs) gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a little smack right now but my dad is as pessimistic as they come and it's it's hard to argue with him sometimes because he will always find the negative in everything and I remember at one point in particular this season he told me watch out because the Padres might finish below the Rockies or the Diamondbacks and I thought relax old man there's no way that's gonna happen and honestly it's probably not gonna happen but It's a lot closer than I would have expected it to happen. And the fact that we're even talking about that is super, super upsetting. Every Padre fan. Yeah. Every Padre fan this year. It's, it makes it hurt so much more because look, we've, we've gone through plenty of seasons where we underperformed, where we were the trash of the division. But this was the team that was going to get us there and to not even make the playoffs. And I get it. The NL West, we have the Dodgers defending champs stacked before they even added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. But the fact that we couldn't even get the wild card, and Walls, you put a good tweet out there um, about a week ago, basically saying that if the Padres had just gone 500, at the point that they were, they would have been still in position to win the second wild card spot. It's, it's tough. It's really tough.
0: It, <clears throat> so a couple things on that. It is a complete script flip. Um, and I love that, you know, when they'd get a hit, they'd be doing the thing like flip the script is what the commentators and stuff would be kind of, thinking that that's what that celebration was and that the script did flip, my goodness. Um, We went from number one in the power rankings and MLB to, I mean, you don't see us on the top 10, obviously, because we have been probably the one of the five worst teams um, since the All-Star break and especially the trade deadline overall, which to me with the payroll that we have, with the amount of All-Stars that we have, With the names that we have, a potential MVP candidate, Manny Machado, the captain that he is, guys on the contracts that they are, it is completely unacceptable to fizzle the way that we have, and fizzle is understating it by a landslide. It has been... So atrocious. I don't think I've ever seen a collapse like this. I mean, the 2010 Padres come up comes up a bunch because they lost 10 in a row as we were in the you know playoff position and whatnot. But that 2010 team, like they weren't supposed to do that well. Like where they finished is kind of where was almost even better than we were expecting them to in the first place. This 2021 Padres team was expected to be a playoff. Not only contender, but to make the playoffs to be a division contender. World series, world series contender, possibly. And like they've been saying that for the last three, four, five years, you know, 2020, and then with COVID, put a little wrench in it. 2021 is our year. So that's what's been instilled in Padre's minds for the last, like I said, three, four, five years. And then you get that little carrot on a stick in front of you where we have the most all-stars that we've had since I think 98 or whatever it was, I can't even remember. It feels like a few years ago. And, you know, we got you Darvish, who's absolutely killing it. Like you said, Joe Musgrove throwing the first no hitter in team history. Like we got all these things rolling for us. And then all of a sudden, like the wheels falling off, like is not even an equivalent analogy to how badly it just went South. I, it, I've never seen anything like it with a team that I support. Um, and it is it is completely inexcusable, to be honest with you, like with from the top down, from the moves that we made at the trade deadline, which is tough because, you know, hindsight 2020. Right. But with that being said, no. it's your job to put us in a good position and strengthen the team to what do that. Moves?
1: What moves is my well, question.
0: Well, Let's... here's the thing. Daniel Hudson, for example, seemed like a decent move. It, no. You know,
1: I honestly okay maybe maybe but in my opinion no. <laughs> at the time, I I every time Mason pitched Mason Thompson pitched he looked good and we're talking about about a guy that was young had control and we're trading for a guy that's a free agent at the end of the season yeah Hudson was having a good year but I don't know no, I but
0: so his when you break down his numbers when we got him. Pretty damn good. He was in two threes or two twos and stuff. So we were, Preller was trying to put us in a position where if we got the moves that he made though, it's almost like to me, he was foreseeing the fact that we were not going to make it because I think he would have been much more aggressive if he felt like this team was a true contender. That's my, that's been my feeling in the last couple of weeks, because when I look back and I go, okay, you get Frazier when we're completely stacked at second base, who's through control, th- he has club control through next year. You get Daniel Hudson, who's just through this year, giving a little bit of bullpen depth. And then you get Jake Marisnik. Like that, that to me, when you look back, is not a championship winning deadline. And either Preller completely got outclassed, which is completely possible at the trade deadline. Or part of it was he saw the fact that this was potentially going to happen, and he thought, why am I going to sell all of my farm system for us not to make the playoffs? And you can't foresee the – the almost dropped a little F-bomb right there because it's getting a little frustrated. Uh, You can't foresee the Cardinals winning 16 straight. You know what I mean? You can't foresee the Reds doing what they've done to make a push for that. But at the same time, I just – I have a tough time rationalizing the moves that were made. And then on top of it, the moves that were made Hudson has been trash since he's been here. Frazier has underperformed like crazy. Jake Marisnyk doesn't even play he, and on top, then, then you look across, you know, North up the freeway, they got Turner and Scherzer, like you said. And so it's just ever since then, it is the just been the downfall of all downfalls. And I, I I can't, even explain how poor it has been. <laughs> like I'm, I'm I mean, struggling to find words to explain it.
1: First of all, he should have been able to foresee the Cardinals 16 game win streak. Like
0: true. I'm true.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> all right, well then let me ask you this. Uh, this is a little bit, we're jumping ahead here. We'll, we'll, we'll hop back to we'll come back. the, how we got here in a bit, but then who, What's Who do you think is to blame for the collapse? I'm, I'm curious after hearing that explanation because I, th- I don't think we're on the same page, to be honest with you.
0: So kind of contradictory. <laughs> it really is. For, for me, the way that I always look at it is from a top-down perspective. So okay. even though it might, to me, AJ Preller might not have been directly responsible in the sense that he might have seen this kind of happening which could be completely wrong and incorrect it's still his job to put the team in the best possible position at the same time well i think him and jay Stingler are part 1a 1b that are yeah. definitely to blame for this with that being said i could 100 see aj Preller giving jay Stingler a lineup card every single day. And that is why, for me, the blame goes more to AJ as well, speculating that he is the one picking the team. And Jace is kind of just the puppet in this situation, which it seems like because he, to me, if you are the leader of a team that is this talented, and has this much potential, the way that Jace Tingler has acted has been completely irresponsible and ridiculous. As a leader of a team, I know you got to keep your cool and everything. Never lost his lid. Didn't seem like he had any control in the clubhouse. Didn't, you know, ask or challenge his guys to do that. Again, jumping ahead a little bit too. the guy, Manny Machado did that to Tatis. He did that. The manager did not do that. Manny had to do that because the manager wasn't there to be the guy and not be afraid to ruffle some feathers and to ruin some relationships for a day or two or, you know, permanently. But in that time, you need a leader to be like, pick it up when it's going bad. You need a guy to turn the ship. Jace did not do that. And with that being said that to continue on that, I know going on a little ramble here, but Jace's actions to me made it seem like he was not the guy calling the shots. You wouldn't, it seems very not reasonable to be acting in that this in that way, if you are not directly responsible for the lineups and everything that is going on. So to answer your question after this five-minute spiel, who is more to blame? I still think AJ Peller is more to blame. With that being said, Jace Tingler is equally <laughs> as much to blame with how he's acted as a leader in all of this. And then I'm not even talking like just to not even talk about the players yet, the players. I mean, you could you blame them all, but the players are a step below that. I mean, they you could tell that they've given up. However, for me, that comes from the top and the management and the leadership from the top down. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, give me a percentage because you kind of just went 50-50, which is kind I of did. a cop-out.
0: It is a little bit of a cop-out.
1: Well, you you went 50-50 and then kind of third, third, third at that point. I need so, like... A better breakout from
0: you. I'm going.
1: Keep you honest.
0: That's good. That's that's what you're supposed to do here. Let me check my maths. All right. I'm going. Because like my heart is telling me that Jace Tingler is definitely the one to blame. My brain is telling me AJ Preller. So if I'm going from from the heart, AJ Preller, 40% the one to blame. 35% 35% Jace Tingler, and tw- 25% the players, assuming my math is correct right there.
1: Okay, that's fair. I I can't say I disagree, and it's crazy because if, if you asked, I think either of us before the season started, we would have basically said build a statue for Preller like most people. And I think we did. Would have <laughs> blindly – we did. No, I mean, I know I did. We would have blindly – uh, followed any decision he made. It's hard to disagree with you, or at least if you put yourself in his shoes and he doesn't see us winning this year, then you can't ultimately fault him for the kind of trades he made at the deadline. The Marisnik one doesn't make sense to me. Even Not the Fraser all. one doesn't really make sense to me. We already had four infielders, now we have five. Um, but if I feel like you still have to put the best team that you can together. At that point, we were missing a couple of our starters. We had half a starting rotation. I know we were trying to somewhat get Scherzer. didn't work out. So yeah, then I'm lucky. You don't know what's going to happen. The rest of our rotation falls apart, gets injured, whatever it may be. And we end up signing Vincent Velasquez and Jake Arietta and <laughs> throw them out against... The Cardinals on a must win so when you look at it at that point yeah I mean I'm not a big Jace Tingler fan at this point in the season but you can't fault the guy I mean you got to work with what you're given and when a Cardinal series that basically determines the fate of your season and you have to roll out two guys with a ERA of seven plus and you Darvish who hasn't honestly looked good since the sticky stuff got banned. Um, your arms are kind of tied. So to say who the collapse falls on, I, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, I think a lot of it falls on Preller. I wish I knew exactly who lineup Damn. construction fell on because mm-hmm. that's, that's a big part of it too. I mean, the chain, it changed every day and I don't care who you are. I know in today's modern day, modern day baseball, Things change all the time. You have the shifts, depending on who's pitching, what the stats say governs a lot about how um, rosters are constructed, but I don't really know that Tingler put them together. And if that doesn't fall on him, that's another thing that falls on Preller. And ultimately what it really comes down to and what I'm getting at is that I don't think he was able to construct the best team to win definitely at the trade deadline, And Tingler was, he did what he could with what he had. That being said, I mean, you heard it in the interview that came out today. Tingler basically said that he wasn't the best. I could not have done a better job or I could have done a better job with handling confrontation and tough conversations. That's your job. Dude,
0: that's literally, that your is job.
1: literally your job as a manager. So the fact that he said that is basically confirming what we've all been hearing over the last couple of weeks. Um, Had no hold over the clubhouse. I actually have on really good authority from someone who recently played with the Padres. Actually, not someone who recently played with the Padres, but teammate, college teammate of someone that just played with the Padres recently that said that they basically weren't really good, really big fans of Preller and how he ran the clubhouse. So that being said, uh, sorry, Tingler, Tingler as a manager. So it's a culmination of a lot of things, man. I, I don't know who, if I went on a percentage basis, I'm kind of with you. My mind's telling me Preller Mm-hmm. Art's telling me Tingler. Tingler is going to get the blame. I mean, Preller just got promoted to president of baseball ops and yeah. on top of GM. He's not leaving. He's got a five-year no. contract. Yeah, he's not leaving. Honestly, I don't even know if Tingler is... I'm not 100% convinced that is leaving. If it was any either. other team, I think he would be, but... I don't think he is, or at least I don't know 100%, but I think it wouldn't hurt the team to get a change of scenery. I don't know what kind of manager they would go for. It's something that we can discuss in an off-season pod, but at this point in time, I'm going to say it's a little closer, though. I would say it's like 55-45. And I would agree with
0: that. To end this just rant,
1: yeah, to end this rant, this is obviously again hindsight twenty twenty, but this is this adds a whole this adds a little wrinkle into a couple of other things wrong with our uh, organization, or at least who was at fault with our collapse. I would say, percentage wise, maybe ten percent our training staff because mm-hmm. we seem to get hurt more than any team in baseball. And then, I think Prellers realize this. I don't know what percentage I'd give it, maybe. 30% um, our development. You see the guys that we've given up, Eric Lauer, seven really? and five. Yeah. Um, this was as of a week ago, 2.93 ERA. Cal Quantrill has been lights out. Second half, seven and three, 2.83 ERA. Luis Arias, 20. I think he's up to 24 home run, 70 RBI, 70 plus RBI's. Ty France, 2.9 average, 18 home runs, 70 RBIs. Fran Mill, 30-plus home runs, 80-plus RBIs. Hunter and limited Renfro, games, too. And limited games. Yeah. Hunter Renfro, 30, R- 30 home runs as of today, 90-plus RBIs. Luis Torrens, 15 home runs, 47 RBIs. You're telling me we couldn't have used, uh, maybe not Luis Urias, but at, at a minimum, Hunter Renfro, are you kidding? 30 home runs, almost 100 RBIs, and stellar outfield play. That's the thing. Something, I mean, something we saw in San Diego, super underrated, and I've seen so many highlights of the kid throwing that cannon. So it's tough. It's tough. Because I've been an AJ guy from the start, but Mm -hmm. the culmination of the lack of moves that we made, um, the roster that's been put together this season, the injuries, which ultimately falls under the GM and president of baseball ops, and the development, it sways you towards the Preller side. But again, I don't think he's going to leave. He's got five years extension president GM Tingler will probably be the scapegoat, but
0: there's a lot that needs to be uh, addressed. Definitely. And I think the reason that the quote unquote heart says that Tingler is more at fault is because you see him every day, you know, like he's the face that tells you the exact same answer every single day. So if things are going well, you're like, Oh man, I love that guy's answers. If things aren't going well, you're like, I, I'm, I want to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> like he's he's so annoying. Like with how he's just so robotic. And you know they're they're battling, so we should be you know give him give him that little trace jingler there. But I, I, the the injuries is one thing too to where yes it falls on AJ Preller because you need to build that depth. One natural way to build that depth is player development, like you're saying. To me, player development is a massive issue right now with this organization he's he clearly can identify the talent but we cannot develop it currently right now with with the system set in place so that has been an issue with depth because that's why we had to sign guys like Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta because we couldn't bring up a feasible starting pitcher Reese Nair today or he was pitching yesterday I think he had a you know mid five, five ERA. And that's our most ready guy to be a starter in the MLB right now from the minors. Like, it's just, it's not acceptable whatsoever. With that being said to put a little bit of, you know, you can't foresee injuries. You can kind of prepare for them. We didn't have Clevenger all year. We lost morihone right at the beginning of the season. We lost Baez right at the beginning of the season We lost Pomeranz, who I think was probably our most gut-wrenching injury, in my opinion. We lost Jose Castillo in spring training. We lost Trey Trey Winkender, didn't even make an appearance all year. And Matt Strom as well, he's been having issues with his knee. And then we also lost Kella. The guys I mentioned earlier are players that we have club control with through next year. So at least we're going to get those reinforcements Morahone and Baez will probably be a little bit late because of their Tommy John's, and then Pomeranz. I'm not so sure yet, but so there is there's hope on the horizon in the guys that we still have, and that, like you said, it comes down to the training. And simultaneously, I think that's one of the reasons that Larry Rothschild was fired too, because of the amount of injuries that had taken place. Two pitchers in general especially elbow injuries, they clearly did not do a good job ramping it up from, you know, a COVID 60-game season last year. So I think that was kind of one of the nails in the coffin. But anyways, um, to give you a little bit of stats, that context on the the rants that we just we just went on. So first half of the year, 53 and 40, things were going swimmingly. Like Lowe said, we were 17, 18 games above 500 at one point. Second half of the year after the all star game, 25 and 39. Obviously, not going to get in the playoffs with that type of record. Uh, we are currently one and nine in the last 10 games with just some absolutely brutal losses. Where earlier in the year, we for sure would have won those games. This point in the season, nothing is going our way, just seeming to lose um, every close game that we're in. And then, for you know, for some pitching rankings since the trade deadline to give you guys a little bit of stats. We are 25th in ERA, 17th in WHIP, which is walks and hits per innings pitch 6th in K's through 9 inning per 9 innings, which is still good, so we're still striking guys out. 13th in walks per 9 and 22nd in home runs per 9. So kind of all over the place there. ERA when it's said and done, I know it's a very classic uh stat. That if you're 25th in ERA, not good. Like you're not going to win many games if if you're giving up that many runs per game. Bullpen. With that being said, after being first in the league for most major categories through the first few months of the year, since the trade deadline, they are 22nd in ERA, 19th in WHIP, 16th in Ks per nine, 17th. 17th in walks per nine and 18th in home runs per nine. So they went from a very, from quote unquote, the best bullpen in the league to after the trade deadline, middle of the pack to back end of the pack in the majors. So one of the reasons for the collapse and I think you have a little bit to elaborate on that bullpen wise. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's something we've been talking about all all year that, we relied way too much on them in the beginning and it was only a matter of time before it caught up to the team. Those arms are getting taxed they crushed it in the first half and Mm -hmm. we have no one to blame, but ourselves, I mean the starting pitching couldn't go more than four or five to start the season. And again, it goes back to Preller. Um, How do you expect to, to sustain that for 162 and then if we did make the playoffs you really think that our bullpen was going to come through in the clutch moments when their arms were so gassed it just didn't make any sense Yeah, no. it's so unfortunate to see that that's what happened I, I hate to be right actually I love being right but I hate to be right in this uh in this case in this situation <laughs> and I mean, it just comes down to roster construction and we need to be able to pick the boys up a little bit better this year or next year.
0: Definitely, definitely. As for the batting woes, uh, ranking since the trade deadline, we're 26th in average, 21st in OBP on base percentage, 27th in home runs. That one sticks out a lot to me. 19th in stolen bases, 24th in batting average for balls in play, 25th for WRC plus and 25th for war. So, this is ever since the trade, trade deadline again. Uh, just atrocious. You can see, I mean, eye test wise, we can't hit to save our lives right now. We can't get on base. We can't hit home runs. And that goes to show you what, based on those stats, it's just been there were signs of it earlier in the year where just the situational hitting has been terrible pretty much all year. I I specifically remember some games against the pirates earlier in the year. I think it was in like May and they had like 17 guys left on base. Like that's just not necessarily foreshadowing what is going to happen, but you could tell that there was an underlying issue there. I think that's one of the reasons that Preller tried to go for Frazier because he was the most efficient hitter. Speaking of the pirates in the MLB at that time. And I don't know if it's the, the Gatorade that they're drinking. I don't know if it's the hitting coach with Damian Easley, the, the approach. But for me, I'm, I'm not an expert, obviously, um, in in hitting or the approach that you're going to take as a batter. But to me, the amount of innings that pitchers on the opposing team got through them under 10 pitches was unacceptable. It was just way too common. And I thought that we were a much better team when we kind of took that quote-unquote slow approach and looked for our pitch to hit as opposed to first pitch hunting, which I think they started to press and do towards the, the tail end of the year. So um, just not a good um, – again, one, one of the many reasons that uh, this collapse kind of happened and the batting just – something's got to change for next year. Got to find some consistency.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it's everything, man. I test, like you said, fielding's not there and things just add up. It's little things in baseball doing the little things, right. Um, and it's really just piled up on us this year. So a lot, a lot to improve on for next year. Uh, random question for you before we move on to mailbag. Hit me. Is Tatis
0: the MVP? If you look at his numbers, so if you, if you do not watch Fernando on a nightly basis like we do, if you look at his numbers, you would say most likely say yes. Based off the amount of games he's played, based off the amount of home runs he has, average, stolen bases, ignore the defense. And you would probably say yes with how this team has collapsed and are you the MVP of a league when your team has gone 25 and 39 in the second half of the season after going 53 and 40 in the first half to me? No, no, it's he's not. And that kills me to say that because again, talking about heart and head heart, of course I want to see fernando win the mvp but i don't think that he is deserving of it because of the team success and also he hasn't been you know first half fernando for he's injured too so that's that's part of it but the one thing that doesn't show up on the score sheet is his attitude and as cliche as it sounds he has not had an mvp attitude in the last two months of the season. And I kind of dove into it with Matt too, just with him getting thrown into into the outfield. I think that just kind of, he was like, I'm kind of done with this year. I see where this is going. And um, so I, for me, no, he is not the MVP. However, however, I always like throwing a little caveat in there who is really for the teams that are doing well. I mean, we saw that what's the ugly troll up, up in up in LA. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Max Muncie. Max Muncy was in these talks for, you know, a month ago. I haven't seen him in there at all. Um, you, you see Soto and Harper are the most common guys. Soto is on the nationals. So if my complete argument there where the team's not doing well enough should apply to Soto as well. And he shouldn't win it. And Bryce Harper is probably not going to be on a team that makes playoffs either. So if those are your, guys then i'd say probably tatis does win it but i don't know i just um, i don't think that he's deserving of it at this point in time i don't know attitude
1: i get what we're saying but doesn't go into the uh mvp discussion that's true at least i don't think that's what the writers are
0: are, are ranking i know what you're with, saying okay though. i know real quick i agree with, Would Jay's Tingler be benching him tonight, which is ridiculous, and a couple nights ago if he was still in the running? I don't think so. No, I guess not. But I I don't
1: know. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But I'm going to agree with you. I I don't think he's the guy. He's uh, And it's crazy to say because obviously you pull for your players and his numbers – Numbers-wise, yeah. They're Especially good. Especially when you compare him to Bryce Harper and when you factor in that he's been injured for 30 games, mm-hmm. I think 30-plus games. Yeah. Uh, just going back, so Fernando 6.5 war, Bryce Harper 5.7, Fernando 282 average, Harper 3.11, pretty solid. Runs 98, first 99, RBIs, Fernando 95, Harper 82. 25 stolen bases for tatis 13 for harper on base 433 for harper 367 for fernando slugging 612 for 617 ops 150 1050 for harper 978 and then harper beats him on the ops plus so they're right there they go back and forth um the whole notion of I feel like there's a one sided argument out there that Fernando, because they didn't make the playoffs, he's out of the race. But it's like
0: Harpers aren't gonna made. make the playoffs. Yeah, no, yeah, they're not.
1: The Philly's, they're a little closer. I'll give them that. They're yeah. still fighting. They're playing the Braves right now, but uh no, they're not gonna make the playoffs either. So throw that out the door. Um I don't know, but it really comes down to the eye test. I guess you could say if you extrapolated numbers, they the the writers, voters, whatever won't do that. For the season for the amount of games he's played, Fernando's had a crazy season. But yeah. no, I, I I haven't felt like I've watched an MVP this year. I, I think um once you throw in the fielding numbers. That yeah. really does it for me. I think there's been yeah. a lot of times going back to it's the little things that um, you need to do to win. Fernando's contributed unfortunately to a lot of those little things going wrong and and ultimately leading to losses. Um, so I don't know for me, it's just it's him I test, not really working out and ultimately the team I test. When you think about this team, it just hasn't lived up to that at all this season. I, I still don't think we've seen them put a complete game together, even when they put up 24 against the Nationals. Yeah,
0: they could have scored more. Think,
1: yeah, I don't think we played a complete game. So um I don't think you the MVP to answer that question.
0: So I don't have Bryce Harper's um fielding stats in front of me right now, but I've heard that he's been pretty bad too. Um, And so I'm going to throw this to you and say, is Manny Machado more of an MVP candidate than Fernando Tatis Jr. To me, he is. He doesn't get the hype that Fernando does. He doesn't have the flair. He has the quote unquote dirty player mindset of a lot of stupid fans out there, but I don't know. I just with defensively that that play he made last night was just so ridiculous. I mean, he's over the 100 RBI mark. He's got a bunch of home runs. Averages right there with Tatis. I know he doesn't have the stolen bases, but just the way that he plays defense too, like I don't know. I think Manny's more of an MVP candidate than than Fernando.
1: Team MVP for sure, but he's not in the MVP conversation. Yeah, not for the NL at least, but team MVP for sure. I agree with you there. Um, let's get into mailbag. It's been a while, got a couple. Um, want to give a shout out to a couple of our contributors. Um, let's see, who do we start with? OG Kirsch 619, appreciate you. Um, Mike on the radio, our guy David Isaac eighty three and Lauren BV eight BV eighty nine the day one Lauren, um, and the real Foster Chris F got your questions. We're gonna recycle those for one of our next episodes. We re, really good questions, but a little more moving on until next season. Um, spring training moves that we need to make um, positional items. So we're gonna save those. Love the questions. Um, but we're gonna save them for another pod where we kind of move on towards the next season. This one's kind of a little more retrospective. So um thank you, you for sending word. them. Yeah, we love we love your guys' input. Um, but let's get going. Austin Jenkins, AJ, A Jenkins 922. Why do we suck? walls?
0: Uh Please listen to the last hour of us rambling as to yeah. why we suck.
1: Yeah. Facts. We suck because of a whole culmination of things. And because we are in San Diego, which That's very damn very leads true. us to the next question. Padres obsessed West. Absolutely diehard pods guy. Probably one of the most diehard pods guys out there. Are we cursed?
0: absolutely are we cursed i mean i haven't seen a single championship since i was born in 94 and i don't even have it that bad there's like your dad i know that he hasn't been down here since since day one you guys are raider fans but i was a charger fan before they moved i've been a padre fan my entire life as well um the clippers were here and left San Diego Legion, a team I used to play on very briefly, I took my dad after I wasn't on the squad anymore on Father's Day. (laughs) Took my dad on Father's Day to watch them play a championship game against Seattle at USD Stadium, and they lost in extra time. It is such a strange – like, I can't explain it in a rationale matter other than saying that San Diego sports teams are 100% cursed. They're so cursed that they leave because it's it's so cursed. So, um to answer your question, uh I honestly believe that San Diego's cursed and we got to got to flip it, man. We need a shaman. I like the uh subtle
1: flex that you played for the professional rugby uh
0: yeah you played for
1: you just had to slip that in you just had yeah.
0: to Played for a whole so month i would
1: do it all the time too i'd bring i would just find ways to insert that in conversations but
0: always took a tough um, yeah. that day
1: absolutely we're cursed um we will always be cursed until we're not i mean it's been since 69 right it's a long freaking time I can't consider myself a total San Diego sports fan um, as you just outed me. I'm pretty sure I've outed myself before, but Raiders 3-0. It's freaking go. Um, but they've sucked my whole life, too. So I know <laughs> bad sports, and I know a curse, a good curse when I see one, and the Padres are a little cursed. With that being said, SD missed the fleet. Uh, SD missed the fleet. If we're cursed, how do we break this curse? Um, i thought about this one since I read it about 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. I think we're going to need to uh, assemble possibly in Balboa, possibly in at a beach. Maybe what's a very San Diego place, Balboa Park, Balboa.
0: Maybe at the Mission.
1: Maybe at the Mission. Maybe, maybe at there. Mission San Luis Rey. And then we're going to do like, uh, we're going to get in a circle and we're going to burn a swag chain and sacrifice it to the Franciscans, aka where the friar came from. I did a little research today to understand where our roots come from. And I think we need to do some kind of blood oath, possibly, maybe maybe do some kind of religious ceremony and burn the swag chain as a sacrifice to the gods thoughts.
0: I actually, I mean, all joking aside, it, that, that just a, take it to a whole other a, level. <laughs> all joking aside, that was probably the best answer that I could construct. So I don't know if I'm going to add on to that right. other than a uh, blood oath. Um, yeah, maybe Ooh, not. Are you I, that was just off the top. That was off
1: the top. Like maybe like a, a beer, beer oath. oath. We'll get beers from beer all the oath. local breweries and we'll all this shotgun oh, them real quick um, as we burn a swag chain.
0: I'm not I'm not gonna volunteer for the blood oath, but beer oath. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh David Isaac83. Can we expect continuity in Jace's project or will Mr. Preller go looking for a more experienced manager? Kind of talked about this. I don't know. I think we need to move on, but it's it's a tough time to move on in the window. Um, But I think he's lost the clubhouse, so I don't expect it. But I don't know what Preller is gonna do. Is he really gonna look for an experienced manager? Is he gonna go to Gone Young? Is he gonna fly out to Arlington and find (laughs) the local Rangers clubhouse assistant? Or the Rangers janitor and hire him as the next Padres manager because as long as you've been associated with the Rangers, apparently that's all it takes to get a job with San Diego. So we'll see.
0: I mean, the Rangers are have like a ton of World Series and like really good player development stuff, right? In the last yeah, they piss 10, excellence.
1: Years. They piss excellence. So I, 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 apparently they do. So we'll see. Um, and then finally. That kid Mundo, if Tingler's let go, should players be allowed to sit in on interviews
0: for managers? No. God, no. That... Sorry, that kid Mundo. No, I think that that pushes it way too far. You gotta have a separation there. You can't have them being like, ooh, I want this guy, or I don't like that guy. So,
1: Not to say that Manny and Tatis won't have a
0: Yeah, say, yeah,
1: an opinion or a say on it because you, I mean, I would hope at least that they have somewhat, or at least maybe they make them think they have somewhat of a say because they do hold a lot of power in that locker room. But no, and I have such a strong opinion on this. It kind of ties back to the whole the clubhouse doesn't like Tingler. Yes, suck it up,
0: suck it up. We all
1: have jobs. I, My boss is one of my really good buddies, so it's not the exact same situation. But there are so many people out there that hate their freaking bosses. And guess what? You just got to deal with it.
0: The athlete has too
1: much power nowadays. And suck it up, deal with it, and go play the game. Don't give up on your team. It's your profession at the end of the day. It's your job. Lace up your shoes and go do it. So, no, they definitely shouldn't be able That's to sit coolest. in interviews. Yeah, they're going to they're going to definitely have a say, but at the end of the day, let the GM do his job. Like we said, maybe he isn't doing the best job, but
0: deal with it. Have a say is one thing. To express your yeah. opinions, I'm sitting I'm in on it. interviews Thinking, is crazy. Yeah, crazy. I think that crosses the line to me. Yeah. At At appreciate that point, the question. If,
1: if you do that, you're basically saying like these guys have more power than you already, day yeah. one. If you get hired, they're already yeah up there. So no, definitely not. Appreciate no, the appreci- question though.
0: Yeah, good question. Good question. We're a little old school over here, so maybe others don't agree with Let's us. But job.
1: That's right. Blue collar, blue collar. Blue collar. <laughs>
0: that's that's what we're talking about. Anyways, last final segment of the night we like to wrap it up with some shout outs first one being zach downing at captain underscore downing appreciate the support and love it's uh actually going to be our quote-unquote one-year potting anniversary here on friday october 1st uh unfortunately the title of that episode was episode three playoff pre- the preview so a little kind of depressing in that sense but yo, hey, oh, pod fathers are one year old we're learning how to walk I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole, but thanks Zach for being a part of it for that year. <laughs>
1: yeah, Ryan Payne, thirty-two, Appreciate you. Um, crazy one year flies
0: by. Pretty crazy. Yeah, a lot's last, going on. Yeah. Last but not least, we got at hand banana ten. Like the other two, thank you so much for. The support and the interaction, we love it. Twitter, Padres Twitter, keep it up. You guys are crazy. Um, Let's have a nice, calm off-season. I know it gets a little crazy on the off days, so let's keep it together. Keep our sanity. And hopefully there's no baseball lockout because I heard that the uh, the CBA is done this year. So hopefully we start in April next year. We'll see. Throw that in there.
1: Either way, go pods. plenty of pods coming up. so keep on the lookout yeah, as always keep on the lookout. for our faithful. Let's go. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the pod fathers, a slam Diego Padres podcast, the people's podcast. The pod fathers is produced by Lowson walls. Our show
0: is executively produced by Jacob lamb. Our theme song is a Bubba by Trylock. To get in touch with the show, follow us on Twitter at podfathers619 or email us at podfathers at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major audio platforms. Go Pods!